Um, so um, Laura's putting up our an exhibit that I wanted to show you. And Dr. Adair sent this to me this week. Um, and he got it out of the blue. And I just want you guys to take a second and read this. I've been telling you how great he is. And I hope you've been believing me. But um, this just happened like two days ago. Okay. He was named in the city where he practices, which is Goodlitzville, which is really Nashville. It's just right outside of Nashville. Um, he has been elected as the top doctor in the city, and he's been inducted into the global who's who, um, the top doctor in the city. All right. Well, I already knew that. And I think he's the top practicing chiropractor in the world. And hopefully this will help you guys believe me when I say that. But um, he really honestly is. Um, I think I told you last week, I heard from a lady who uh, had listened to Got Pain and on the basis of this program made an appointment with Dr. Adair and actually went to see him and she responded, oh my goodness, I cannot believe it. I'm so, I appreciate so much you uh, telling me about Dr. Adair. She said, he fixed my problem in 20 minutes and several other doctors, chiropractors, MDs, several other doctors who had tried to fix her problem over the last two months had all failed Dr. Adair fixed it in 20 minutes. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I hear that story over and over. I heard yesterday from a lady who lives about 200 miles away in Georgia that she is making a point, an appointment. She's probably having to get on a waiting list, but she's making an appointment to go see him as well so that he can kind of check everything and tell her what's what. And then maybe she can transition to some other people, but um, get checked out by the best. And I would advise that for any and all of you. Laura, you can take that down if you'd like. All right. So um, I think Dr. Adair's here, except I just watched him walk out of the room. <laughs> so um, this, is this has been a crazy kind of start to the evening. Uh, but I think we're here now, and I see his uh, handsome face in there. He's not only the top doctor in the city, he's, he's also this really good-looking guy, and he was a great athlete, and all, you know, all that stuff that just makes you sick, because uh, you're not that, and I'm not that, uh, but he is. And Tim, I can hardly see your face, it's so dark. Brother, uh, so oh, yeah, that's better. That's a little. So let better. me tell you this. Uh, so first of all, everybody needs to just cancel that part off the whole introduction. I appreciate the kindness, but let's be honest. You're the captain of this ship, and I'm just the wingman. And uh, so everybody's trying to figure out, well, if this guy's so smart, how come he can't get his Zoom to work right? But I had a security <laughs> guy uh, work on my laptop, and I did not know that the software uninstalled my Zoom and uh, my backdrop and all that. So uh, I was having a little uh, little stress response the last 10 minutes getting everything up. But here I am, and I'm glad to be with you. And I really think this is the most important topic that we could possibly cover. And so uh, I really want to jump in. And, and uh, Alex, I, I love working with you. I, I think your insight is so brilliant. You interrupt me anywhere along the way if I don't make this make sense. This is hugely important that everybody leaves tonight and has really literally got this in the, in their pocket and has a complete wonderful understanding. And so uh, thank you for having me with you tonight. And I'm gonna do my best to kind of convey what I think is probably just a, just a huge thing. Alex, would you give everybody the cliff notes on what we're trying to do with gut pain and our quantum next steps and just a little bit. And, and I wanna emphasize that this is my step number one of everything that we're gonna teach our guys. Yeah. Um, I, I probably, here's where this started for me. Okay. I was 16 years old and I, and I was an athlete and, um, I was, I played all sports, but then I switched to tennis. Um, 
And I was starting to throw my back out every time I played. And it was terrible. And I, I mean, I was really worried thinking, oh, something is really bad here. Every time I play, I throw my back out and it's 10 days till I can move again. And it's affecting my schoolwork, which was already terrible. So I went to the medical doctor, Dr. John Coles, wonderful man. And they did all the x-rays and tests and everything. And he said, Alex, uh, you were born with scoliosis, which I already knew, uh, one of my many birth defects. And he said, you will never play sports again. Just, you know, be at peace with that. And you will have to have back surgery if you are going to walk and stuff for the rest of your life. And, oh, man, did that shake me up. And I went home yeah. and I told my parents and it shook them up. And then my brother, who's six years older than me, suggested that I go to see the chiropractor who was a good friend of mine, a friend of his, uh, his age, he'd been in school with him. And I didn't have anything to lose. I'd never been to a chiropractor before. So I went to this chiropractor and took the x-rays and everything from the medical doctor. And anyway, at the end of 30 minutes, I had the solution to my back problem. Okay. And I felt better. My back was back uh, in. I was uh, almost completely out of pain. And the solution that he gave me uh, allowed me to play sports for the next 15 years with, uh, without much of a problem. So that's when the light bulb came on for me that these guys named chiropractors know a whole lot more sometimes than our medical doctor gods and that's really what they are in this society um and you and and that's not just me lots of people will feel that way as well um but let me tell you i would go see the good looking guy on the screen that you guys can see with the green uh uh art behind him before i would go see any medical doctor okay um, so tonight we're talking about lungs, the, the physical areas related to the lungs and the emotional areas related to the lungs. And what we're trying to do is help you get rid of pain. Uh, Dr. Dare actually came up with the name, Got Pain. And it's because everything that we talked about that we wanted to do was helping people with their pain, whether it was physical, chemical, or, or emotional. And we believe we can do that in a, a way that changes the face of natural health today. Dr. Adair has what he calls quantum next steps that I believe is a better way to do structural. Um, Dr. Adair and Josh Axe and Jordan Rubin of Ancient Nutrition have a chemical way to do that better than we've ever been able to do it before. And I believe we've also got a, a way to address the, the emotional better than we've ever been able to do it before. That's supported by double blind studies and comparison studies and, not, and everything like that. When counseling and therapy, there's never been a double blind study in history. And a number of years ago, Dr. Irving Kirsch, a medical doctor at Harvard Medical School came out and said, on, on 60 Minutes, and you can still find this interview online, antidepressants don't work, okay? And then he went on to tell why and, and what he recommended in place of that, which was placebos. So we're trying to help you get out of pain and do your health and well-being in a better way than we've ever been able to do it before. And we're trying to build the largest natural health network in the world with, with these tools and these people. And so Dr. Adair is going to start tonight addressing lungs and, and chemical and structural related to the lungs. And then I'll try to come up behind him and clean up a little bit talking about the emotional related to that. So Tim, take it away. Yes, sir. And, and let me tell you guys, uh, so we're going to try to give everybody about um, half a dozen things to make your everyday better and your next day even better than that one. And there's a process to this and there, it's an equation. 
And quite simply, it, it's not mystical, it's mathematical. If you'll work this equation, you'll get better, 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 better. And there's some people that I'm talking to tonight that don't know that this problem exists. So they're not solving the problem that they don't know exists. And so we can't get an A on our math homework if we don't know we have math homework. And so we've got to know that this needs to be checked. And then like a checklist, we've got to check it off. And then we've got to recheck it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make something really complicated, uh, uh, as simple, or, or try to make it as simple as I can tonight, because it's so important that every single person know how to do this. And so, uh, Alex, I started with uh, quantum next steps because when, when I was taking my postdoctor training years ago, there was a lot of guys who had finished their doctorate and they thought they wanted to do a postdoctorate and then they got fatigued and they quit the program. So they get a step or two into 20 steps and they would quit. And so I don't know if that's gonna happen with our program, but what I front loaded is the absolute, how can we help the most people, the most, the quickest before you guys lose interest. I want to, if I got to have a few minutes on a deserted island with you, what would I want you to know? And this is a must. So my belief system, and you guys can Google this and study this, this is the absolute number one parameter, the absolute number one category for predictive analysis of how long you're gonna live. So if you do this equation and you fail the math homework and you get a terrible answer, that's okay. We'll go to the tutor. We're gonna rework that equation. We're gonna make you understand how you can make this better and you're gonna pass the test the second time you take it. The third time you take it, you're gonna get a B plus. The fourth time you take it, you're gonna be an A student and we're going to teach you the system, the method, the step-by-step -step to be able to increase your longevity. Nothing uh, out there is as simple as hopefully as what we make this tonight. So I hope everybody walks away with, wow, now I know how to see where I'm at. And honestly, that's a gut check sometimes. Um, Alex, I, 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 when we got together and we started talking about doing this, uh, I love working with you. I had one reservation. And my reservation a year ago, if you remember when we started talking about doing this, I had a really bad case of COVID and wow. uh, uh, extremely severe case of COVID. And, and I won't worry about it with the details, but when I say extremely severe, extremely severe to the point where I was bedridden on oxygen and really not sure there for a while what my outcome was going to be. Uh, so uh, real terrible, double pneumonia. Uh, my, my lungs almost turned to concrete. Uh, really severe. So the, the solution tonight is the guy with the most oxygen wins. How do you measure where you're at? How do you know where you're at? Where If you're where you're not supposed to be, your fitness level's terrible, your oxygen's terrible, maybe from COVID, maybe uh, it's time tonight that we show you that you yourself can prove to you yourself it's time to quit smoking. Maybe it's time to increase your physical exercise. Maybe it's time to change your diet. We're going to give you the where am I measurement. And then I'm gonna tell you, depending on where that measurement falls, if you hunger and thirst for better, 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 we're gonna show you how to get better, better, better. My motivation was, is uh, physician heal thyself. I had to get back on the horse because uh, I have fear of missing out. There's a whole lot of things I want to do in my life, and every single one of them requires the energy to have the passion to go. And I don't believe in being burned out. I, be on, I believe in being on fire. You can't be on fire. You can't stoke a fire. You can't burn a fire. You can't light a flame without oxygen. That's true in the campground, and that's true in your body. So tonight, those of you who have a hunger and thirst for longevity, for uh, quality, not just quantity, you want to measure how long am I going to live? Oh no, I'm not doing very good on that test. What can I do to get better? And so what we're talking about tonight, Alex, is something called VO2 max. Have you, have you heard of VO2 max? Yeah. Yeah. So VO2 max is really a, uh, a maximal absorption of oxygen. And so the guy with the most oxygen has the least carbon dioxide. And so as long as you're alive, oxygen's a good thing. And like an apple, when you cut it open on the island in the kitchen, if it's dead after it's plucked from the tree, oxygen is what degrades us. But as long as we're alive, it builds us. Now, how do you know how much oxygen you have? 
And that's a really good, that's a really good question. And it can be uh, misleading on how to uh, determine that. But I'm going to give everybody a way to determine this in, uh, in just a second. So uh, what we talk about with VO2 max is uh, how cardiovascularly healthy am I? Guys, and, and I'm not saying this is the cure for cancer, and I'm not saying this is the, uh, uh, the answer for heart disease, but realize the number one cancer, I suspect always will be in the United States, always has been, is lung cancer. The number one killer is not lung cancer. It's the number two killer. The number one killer is cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular disease comes down to how cardiovascularly fit are you? We're going to give you some free tips tonight to figure out where you're at, where you can be, and, uh, and how to get there. And so uh, the guy with the most oxygen wins, the guy with the least oxygen loses and loses quicker and has an abbreviated uh, life. And so I want you to be on fire. To be on fire, you have to be literally the flame that's in the presence of oxygen. Let's get your oxygen up. Let's get your fire up. And let's get you guys that where you can live the life that you're supposed to live as long as you're supposed to live it. I don't care if you had COVID. I don't care if you had emphysema. I don't care if you have asthma. I don't care if you have recurrent bronchitis. What we're going to teach every single one of you guys tonight, no matter which one of those you have, will make each and every one of those conditions uh, ever better. And so with that, Alex, I kind of like to get started and kind of define uh, what we what we talk about. And I, I got a little dry erase board tonight. So everybody's going to be putting complaints on the chat bar about my handwriting, but it's not my gift. So you guys work with me and we'll uh, we'll try to work this out. So what we're talking about tonight is we're going to start with VO2 max. Okay. Now VO2 max is a couple things. It's your resting heart rate. And so everybody can sit tonight and we can find out what your resting heart rate is sitting in a chair, okay? Now, what we need to do is we now to find that resting heart rate. So you just take your pulse for six seconds and you add a zero. So if my heart beats six times or 10 times in uh, six seconds and I add a zero, um, uh, then easy math, right? And so whether your pulse is 60, 70, 80, 85, 90, 100, whatever, hopefully not 100, but whatever your resting heart rate is, that's okay. Then what I want you to do is I want you to exercise as hard as you can. And so I like to have you do something for four minutes and that's the magic number. And so let me put something down here. So I want you to do something four minutes that's strenuous, okay? So I live literally on a goat mountain. And so we have a real steep driveway. So when I was younger, I could grab a, a 80 pound bag of concrete and walk up and down the hill very vigorously for like four minutes. Now, when I say four minutes, I, I should, if I'm doing it right, be able to do four minutes twice, like eight minutes. But, but, but I want you to go so hard for four minutes, you're not positive you could do it four more. You're really getting that max heart rate up there. For some of us, that's 150, that's 160, whatever it is. So you're going to take that, uh, that heart rate and then we're going to divide, let's say that that's 150. And we're going to divide our resting heart rate by say like uh, 70, okay? And so whatever that number is for you, that's how you do the math. So you get your resting heart rate in the chair, you get your maximum heart rate after you do your four minutes of full tilt boogie and you just take your pulse and you do the math. Now, whatever that number is, is you're gonna multiply that times a constant. And uh, physiologists have figured that out to be 15.3. Uh, uh, so you'll do the max divided by resting times 15.3 is just a constant. And that is your VO2 max. Now, we're going to talk about what can you do to get that number better, better, better. And that's going to be the purpose of tonight. But you guys, some of you guys are going to surprise yourself. And the ones of you who are fairly cardiovascularly fit may not have to do a whole lot. You might be good already. And so good already, uh, there's some numbers here and I'm gonna put these numbers on the board so people can refer back to this as a, uh, as a, uh, a little bit of a reference. So if you're at the low part of this scale, I want you to go tonight, buy some gym shoes 
and take notes and do everything that we tell you on this webinar to get your VO2 max up because quite frankly, your longevity is not very long if your number is real small. And it's the most accurate criteria as you guys will research of, uh, of your longevity. So when we have uh, somebody who's in a little bit of trouble, their, uh, their VO2 max is going to be really, really, really close to 35. And that is not good. And then if we're 45, we're pretty good. And if we're say uh, maybe 75, we're, we're really good. So here's the numbers. So for our boys, uh, 35, 45, 75, uh, we're in trouble. We're average. Uh, so Mike could plan on an average existence. Who wants that? And this is how we go for the brass ring and have a really bright burning life. Now, ladies, we actually, let me peek at my notes here. Ladies, we can actually drop minus seven on all these. So about 28, uh, 38, and uh, 68, okay? So the girls don't have to have quite as high of a VO2 max for... Uh, Kim, you're frozen. For longevity, okay? Well, let's see. Let me put it back yeah, you're up. You're not now. You're, you're not frozen now. Okay, okay. So can you see those numbers okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, that'll be up on the screen and for that to be able for everybody to relate to uh, in, in, a, in a little while. Now, here's the kicker. So when we measure VO2 max, what I told you was a little bit complicated, but people think that they can measure their oxygen with a little pulse ox, or uh, we can do, you know, with chest films and you do all these things with inspirometers and all that. That is the uh, every man's way to check that. All you need is a watch with a second hand and uh, you just need to do the resting pulse and the max heart rate and then you get that. So a little bit of homework to do there, but when you, when you do it, you'll find out true answer, the truest thing ever, that's where you are now. Let me tell you how you really, really, really get your VO2 max up. Alex, have you ever heard of something called HIIT training? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, speed. Yeah, so so uh, HIIT speed. training is, is high intensity interval training, H-I-I-T. And so here's the mentality, guys. And this is not all of our physiologists and our kinesiologists are cringing right now because I'm making this so simple. But our HIIT training should be one fourth of our time exercising is as hard as we can go. Full tilt boogie, run, sprint, whatever, and then walk for the other three fourths and get your heart rate down and then spike back up. Alex, for lots of years, I did things incorrectly. I did a, a fair amount of triathlons, trained as a martial artist, did a ton of cardio, and I was trying to get every mile the same speed as the next mile, as the next mile, as the next mile, whether I was running or biking, trying to do that same cadence. And with heart rate variability, that is terrible. That's not how your body needs to work. We need to be in cycles. So we need to go hard for a little while and go easy for a lot of while, go hard for a long while. So like when you're mowing the yard, mow it, you go as push it up the hill, go, 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 go. Get your heart rate way up there. Get to where you feel like, whoa, I'm really winded. And then walk and take it easy and calm down for about three times that long and then go again. And so we wanna make our lives a sport. So like run to the, down the hallway, uh, get your heart rate up this day. And then when you get there, be chill, be calm, be for three times as long and then run down the hallway again. And so you wanna live your life hit training. So we get our intervals real, real high. Now, here's another kicker. I want you guys to be greedy, 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 greedy with oxygen. And what carries oxygen in your blood is iron, it's vitamin B9, it's vitamin B12, but oxygen is the opposite of carbon dioxide. So what we have to do, and here's, here's a freebie that will absolutely change your lives. One of the things I learned in my internship, and, and uh, I was a young athlete at the time, but I was paired up with a gentleman who was a yoga master who was uh, in graduate school with me from India. So we had a pulmonology lab together and I was breathing, the, the average person breathes 12 to 18 times a minute at rest. Well, I was breathing 12, 13 times a minute, just dead, dead average. 
And then uh, it was my turn to examine uh, my friend Gurjo. And Gurjo, who was the yoga master, I uh, listened to him breathing. I'm watching the stopwatch. And I went and got the professor. I scared to death. Gurjo's about to die in my arms. And I was an unqualified student to deal with such a crisis. Gurjo was breathing about four times a minute. And I was breathing 12 or 13. But he was a yoga master. And he had learned how to control his breath. Alex, we talk a lot about stress. We talk about cortisol. Did you know that when you're in a fight or flight cortisol response, that you're breathing more than uh, 16 to 18 times a minute? Yeah. 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 So you're huffing and puffing. You're breathing real shallow. You're. (laughs) Did you know that your breathing can trigger cortisol? Yeah. And if you get your breathing back, then you will get your cortisol back. And so we can con- uh, control your stress response completely by taking uh, and controlling your breathing. And so Alex knows all this stuff, but this is really, really cool information. So what I tell everybody to do, if we think about doing 12 to uh, 18 breaths a minute, that means we're inhaling for two and a half seconds, exhaling for two and a half seconds. In five seconds, we've inhaled, exhaled. We do that 12 times a minute. Uh, best case scenario, that's 12 uh, respirations a minute. Here's what we need to do. Everybody, uh, Alex, give me five. So when I take a breath in, I'm breathing. I'm breathing in. And I'm breathing out. That took me 10 seconds for one inhalation, one exhalation. I'm doing that six times a minute. I just lowered my cortisol. I just stopped my fight or flight response. I just lowered my blood pressure because I'm not secreting adrenaline. And I just increased my deep tissue oxygen transfer. Isn't that cool? So we can learn to breathe in for five seconds and then we exhale slowly for five seconds and we can take our time and we can train our bodies to deep breathe and become saturated with oxygen. Now, here's another, how am I doing? Where do I stack up? So you'll get your number on your VO2 max, but let's say on exercise day, we go exercise and we come back home and the next morning we get up and we're so sore, we can barely move. That means we're full of lactic acid and we're full of lactic acid, that's carbon dioxide. That's the opposite of oxygen and that's a no-no. So Alex, that happens and we're really sore when we have too high of a carbohydrate diet and we're metabolizing those carbohydrates into what will become a uh, acidic uh, systemic environment. And the solution for that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is to take a B1 vitamin that scavenges that and we can clear the lactic acid out of our system. So we wanna make sure we're not deficient in iron or anemic because of B9 or B12, but if we have too high of a carbohydrate diet, stop that, fix it. But on the way, let's do B1 and we can uh, accomplish that back down, okay? So those are all uh, all methods that uh, deal with this. Now, uh, Alex, I wanna tell one more thing and I'll, or two more things and I'll turn this back over to you. Um, for, uh, for VO2 max, let me make sure I got my little checklist here. Uh, the other thing that I would like to uh, point out is that uh, for proper oxygenation, there's two really good tricks. Now, guys, this, this podcast, and this is not intended, if you're in a respiratory emergency, it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who, uh, like myself, has gotten over the acute stage of, of pneumonia, who has uh, got clean chest films, who just isn't as fit and energetic uh, and uh, headed in the longevity direction quite as, as much as I want to. So this is not for an emergency state. So my favorite, favorite supplement, and we've already talked about this on one of our Got Pain podcasts, my favorite supplement ever is a, is a supplement from Standard Process called Drenamin. And the reason I like Drenamin so much is because the number one thing for your longevity is your lungs. And the number one vitamin for your lungs, hear me say it clean and clear, is, is uh, a, a, a very wide spectrum, whole spectrum, uh, full spectrum of vitamin C compounds. Well, Drenamin, every half tablet of Drenamin is vitamin C. And remember, we talked about the adrenal glands 
are necessary to keep your airways open. So if we have somebody has an allergic response and their lungs are full and we give them an epinephrine shot or adrenaline, it opens their airways. Our life and our breathing is, is fuller when our breathing is, is more accomplished when we have enough adrenaline to open our airways. And remember, vitamin C is not just the number one vitamin for the adrenal glands, it's the number one vitamin for the lungs. And I see an absolute, um, our first podcast, I sweet talked Alex into letting me do uh, adrenal fatigue because we have so much high cortisol, so much low adrenal because we're all so stressed. And Alex is gonna give us some uh, emotional tips on how to deal with breathing here in uh, lung function in a few minutes. But I would tell you chronically, I want you to Google your high vitamin C foods. If you can, I want you to supplement adrenaline. I want you to have a lot of adrenaline to rebuild all the uh, uh, stores that are depleted by chronic stress because your breathing depends on it. And as we're finding out, your longevity depends on your breathing. So uh, huge nutritional there. Now, also, we did a podcast where we talked about glutathione. You're frozen, Tim. Glutathione uh, are, are, I'm not sure, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay, well, forgive uh, forgive the frozen shot there. I don't know what's uh, what's happening here, but uh, but but I want everybody to have this information. So, in our glutathione uh, uh, supplement that we put up on our Got Pain website, there's a component in there called N-acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine takes mucus out of the lungs and out of the airways. And uh, if we can uh, if we can get mucus out of our airways, then we can really help ourselves. So one more freebie for mucus. My absolute favorite natural thing for thinning mucus is a tea called fenugreek, uh, fenugreek seed tea. Uh, fenugreek, uh, I, I get it off Amazon, a company called Alveda. They don't sponsor me. I just think it's fantastic. It thins the mucus in your airways and the herb fenugreek will allow you uh, to get more oxygen. It thins your sinuses, it thins your bronchioles, and it's fantastic for increasing your uh, oxygen function. Now, Alex, let me have uh, two more seconds and I want, to, uh, I want to tell you one more thing because this is absolutely the easiest thing in my mind to create longevity. Alex, have I told you specifically where the lung meridian runs? You have. Yeah, yeah. So the lung meridian, ladies and gentlemen, goes from the shoulder and it goes down your arm to your thumb. And the treatment point for the lung meridian is off the pad of the thumb at the base of the thumb on the wrist. And so one of the things we can do is we can wear a band over our lung meridian tonification point. And if that band has the capacity to separate our red blood cells, and increase our cellular oxygenation, then we're increasing our lung function every moment that we have that band on. And so Alex, all those huge benefits that we talked about with the Q band, with balancing the autonomic nervous system and all those things, I think part of the reason it works so well is its location. And I think because it addresses oxygenation, and now we know that's the number one thing to longevity, that is probably why it's so hugely uh, life-changing for, for so many people. So, so anyway, man, uh, that's pretty much what I wanted to bring to the table tonight for, uh, for VO2 Max. I know we went fast, but I wanted to leave you plenty of time. And uh, if you have any questions, you ask me, and then we'll let some, uh, let some of our others do it a little later if, uh, if we need to clear something up. Yeah, thanks so much, Tim. And uh, if you see my Q-band, and, and as Tim showed you his, it's basically sitting on that lung alarm or control point. And, and you think that might have something to do with it, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. no, no doubt about it. Matter of fact, that's kind of when uh, I saw all that stuff, it hit me like a brickle block that not only did we have something special there, but we were putting it in exactly the right place. And I think that it's kind of divine how that worked out. Yeah, if you don't remember, guys, about the Q3 band, and we talked about it in another uh, podcast and even had the inventor on with us. LeBron James wrote the forward to his book. But the dark field microscopy was one of the studies done on the Q3 band. 
And um, you can see that video uh, right on the side. It's q3health.com. But and, and we'll put the link up on the right. Laura, if you could put that link up uh, on the right, that would be great. Um, but in the dark field um, study, uh, and in some of the videos that we've got posted, you can see the doctor physician who is doing the dark field study, and she, she shows the blood of a very elderly woman. Uh, she's just drawn the blood, I mean, just right then, and puts it under the microscope, and it's all clumped together. It's not moving. There's not much oxygen in it. It's really dark. It looks almost blackish rather than red. And you can see the physician say, you can hear her saying, yeah, this is pretty typical for someone of this age. Uh, it, you know, the blood is, the uh, blood cells are sticking together. They're not moving very well. There's not a lot of oxygen in them, but for their age, that's pretty typical. And then they put a Q3 band on the lady, just like this, they got it from me and I got it from the inventor, and immediately, not 30 minutes later, not an hour later, immediately they drew blood as soon as they put the Q3 band on the lady and then put it under the microscope. And this is like three minutes from the first blood draw. And you can hear the lady physician saying, oh my, <laughs> this, this looks completely different. The blood is moving. It's got way more oxygen. It's redder. It's, this looks like a much younger, healthier person. Hey, Alex, let me, let me steal the, uh, this for just a second. Yeah. So, so I'm going to prove what it, my daughter is the artist in the family. I'm, I'm, uh, but, I'm oh man, what a masterpiece that is. Yeah, I'm taking a shot here. So <laughs> if we pretend uh, that these are red blood cells, and I'm gonna point out this guy right smack in the middle right there, okay? So red blood cells can only give oxygen from the surface area that uh, that is exposed to the surrounding cells. So, I never knew that. So I, yes, sir. I, go so, ahead, I never so knew that. So when it's like grapes and they're all clustered in there, the guys, it's like being in a, I, I, I don't know if you played high school football, but when you're on the bottom of the huddle and all the, all the guys jump on top of you, you, you can't breathe, you can't give any oxygen away because you got a football in your rib cage and you got 12 morons that are stacked on top of you. And so your, your exchange is terrible with your breathing. And that's exactly the way these red blood cells are that are bunched up in the middle. So what happens when you put the Q-band on, we take our grape clusters and now we have grapes and we have these grapes that are spread out and they can give oxygen in every single direction because they're not clumped together. And that's why the oxygenation and the flow comes up and it's proved on dark field electron microscopy in the video. And so that's why I said that that is the simplest thing. But now I'm gonna put a list of things while you're going over uh, what you're gonna tell us about and then everybody can screenshot it and they'll have nine strategies to be oxygen greedy and get them some more oxygen. All right. I never knew, I never knew that. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, Okay, uh, I'm gonna share uh, something that is so simple, you will probably roll your eyes, okay? Um, about 75% of adults breathe primarily from their chest, not their abdomen or stomach, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, chest breathing is stress breathing, okay? You breathe from here, and your oxygen level goes down, 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 down. Your stress goes up, 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 up. Your oxygenation goes down. Your red blood cells start clumping together, all that sort of thing, okay? So one thing you need to do is start making a conscious intention to breathe from your stomach or diaphragm rather than your chest. And some of you are gonna have to put your hand on your stomach to do that because you're, you've been breathing by, from your chest for decades, 
I see this every day. This is not unusual. This is the rule, not the exception. 75% of all adults do this, okay? And it leads to exactly what Dr. Adair was saying, a shorter life, okay? So what, what most people have to do in order to get the hang of it is put their hands, I'll try to stand up a little so you can see me at like stomach area, is, uh, it, but it messes up on the Zoom a little. Um, put their hands over their stomach and feel your stomach moving out when you take a breath in and your stomach moving in when you let that breath out. Okay, and I know that sounds like you're you're six months old learning to walk again, but most adults have been chest breathing for so long that if they try to switch to stomach, they can do it while they're focused on it. But as soon as they quit focusing on it, they go right back to chest. Okay, so that's something you need to practice until. Um, you start breathing that way even when you're not thinking about it. And that's gonna increase your oxygen level a lot right there. And that's gonna make that uh, algorithm that Tim shared with us for the VO2 uh, max that's elegant and beautiful, that's gonna make that algorithm get better and better and better, which means you're gonna live longer and longer and have better health while you're doing that. Laura, if you could bring up the emotional slide, please, that has the quantum next steps with the corresponding emotions, please. Okay, so um, you see on the lung meridian, which is what we're talking about tonight, that the, uh, if you can go back up, there you go. Um, the main negative emotion is grief. But the sub-emotions are sadness, depression, yearning, clouded and muddled thinking, and anguish, okay? Um, we talked about this before when we talked about depression, that pre-COVID, depression in the general population was like 7 to 8%, okay? Post-COVID, and this is from, uh, I believe, I believe the World Health Organization, post-COVID, the people who um, are being affected by depression now, whether it rises to um, the level of being a literal diagnosis or just depressed enough to pull them back in their everyday life, pretty much everything they do and everything they think and feel um, has gone to over 50% of the general population. I hope you heard that from seven to 8% to over 50% of the population. Uh, one of the big issues with that is loneliness that has really contributed to grief, sadness, depression, et cetera. And uh, I believe the World Health Organization came out just recently saying that loneliness is now an epidemic and is like 30 times what it's ever been in the world before. And some of that is that, you know, with COVID, everybody went started working from home. So everyone was more isolated and things like that. The world has changed and everybody knows it in the last three years. And one of the biggest symptoms of that world change is grief, sadness, depression, et cetera. Okay, so what is that? What is grief, sadness, depression? It's loss. It's a feeling of loss, okay? or that I'm losing something. It's going out the door on me right now and I'm trying to hold it back, okay? Uh, um, Laura, can you take that down a second, please? Okay, thank you. Um, one of, uh, people don't believe me sometimes when I tell them about my dyslexia 
and ADHD that I was last academically in my high school class and all the dumb, stupid things I've done in my life. Sometimes people just don't believe me, all right? I'll give you one example. Uh, we had saved up for years, Hope and I, to buy a new boat. We love to go to the lake like Tim does uh, with our boys. We skied and tubed and swam and all. It was just wonderful family uh, time. And so we'd saved up for years to buy a boat. We bought it and we were going to the lake with a group of friends. It was the first time we had taken the boat to the lake. And so we drive there and we get to the campground and I unhook the, the boat uh, so that we can drive the, the SUV to the campsite and unload all our stuff. And I didn't realize, um, and this happens to me all the time, that the parking lot was just a little bit slanted. Uh, I'm sure most people would tell that immediately. It didn't, it didn't strike me immediately. So anyway, this uh, 3,000 pound boat starts slowly going down the parking lot uh, toward um, this cliff, okay, that overlooked the lake. And so if you can picture this, I'm in my shorts and t-shirt, sweating like crazy because it's hot. And I grab the, the tongue of that, of that trailer and I'm trying to hold this 3,000 pound boat back from going over the cliff. And of course I can't do it, but I walk it all the way to the back of the uh, parking lot. It jumps over the curb and goes 30 feet down over the cliff, okay? well. All day long, people from the campground were had as word spread. Uh, people come there and they they walk to the edge of the cliff and kind of look over, and then they look at me and they have this kind of smile and funny look on their face. And then after about an hour, the lady who was in charge of the campground drives down in a golf cart, and she looks at it and she says. Darling, I've worked here for 30 years. I thought I had seen it all. I have never seen anything like that. <laughs> now, the good news is that a tow truck pulled it out and we used it on the lake that weekend, even though we had to take it in and get it fixed, a uh, major fix. But anyway, that's the way my brain works, okay? And, 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 and always has, all right? Um, so sadness, depression, anguish, it's loss, okay? That boat going over the cliff was a loss, right? Uh, my youngest son was like eight years old. He started crying and we, we could hardly get him to quit crying, okay? But it is a sense of loss whether you have really lost or not, okay? So what I'm saying is a lot of times it's a sense of loss when really there hasn't been a loss. You just feel like there has. And that always goes back to some memory very often in your unconscious mind. Sometimes you know about it, sometimes you don't, but it's a memory that has a lie or falsehood in it that's about loss, okay? So really you're believing a lie. So you've gotta, you've gotta fix that. And I would use the Healing Codes or Trilogy. And Laura, if you can put up the, the link to those, um, you can check those out. Uh, 21 double blind studies, three comparison studies, 79 life issues uh, in those 21 studies they found it works for. Um, but let me give you something else, even if you don't buy that. And, and this is, this one is about as simple as the breathing from your stomach instead of your chest. Okay. Here it is. Um, keep your head level. Doesn't matter if you're sitting down or standing up, keep your head level. And now watch my eyes. Roll your eyes up about 40 degrees like this. And stay that way with your head level and your eyes up for about one minute. Okay? Now, this is research. This is brand new research from the 1950s. 
Okay, so this is not anything new, even though hardly anybody knows about it, but it's been validated over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You do that for one minute and it puts your brain in an alpha or partial alpha state, which is a non-stress state. It will last about an hour to two hours for most people. So if you did that for one minute, Every couple of hours during the day, you could keep yourself in either a non-stress or greatly reduced stress state, and that will cost you zero. Okay, so um, let's open it up for questions or comments, and let me see. We've got one question written in. I think this is for you, Tim. Um, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about central sleep apnea, hypo, hy, hypotnea. I'm against it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so I think uh, it's fantastic to use. Well, here's the thing, Allison, and I, I never want me and you to ever come across as we're bashing medicine or medical tests or whatever. If you're stopping breathing at night and you supplement your oxygen at night, and uh, you hear people all the time that go to a CPAP machine and these people sound like they just came back from Las Vegas and they won. They'll say, man, I feel so much better. It's changed my life. I was falling asleep while I was driving my car. I've got my life back. And, and, and here's the moral of that story. Whatever time of the day, including your sleeping hours, you increase your oxygenation, I'm a fan. But let, yeah. me, let me say this. What if you did some glutathione before you went to bed and you dried up some mucus? What if you did it with some fenugreek tea and you dried some mucus? What if you slept in a Q-band and you increased your dispersal of red blood cells and promoted cellular oxygenation? What if we did the five second breaths where we breathe for in one, breathe in two, three, four, five, out one, two, three, and we slowed our breath. We got out of that cortisol system and we got deep cellular exchange. Uh, and, and what if we did our looking up and got our brain in alpha uh, lock before, and by the way, Alex, my adrenaline concoction was from the mid 1950s also. So brother, we need some new information. But here's the thing, Jordan Rubin said it the best a couple of weeks ago, the truth is always the truth. The truth yeah. was the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is the truth. Those are the cornerstones of, of what your, uh, how your body heals and how it works. Amen. All right. Um, got some other questions. Uh, this is for you, Tim. I remember, Tim, you saying if there's burning in the stomach and I have low stomach acid, it's tough to absorb nutrients. Should I do that acid reflux regimen for a period of time before doing weed, seed, and feed, as well as super greens, collagen, or glutathione, or just take everything all together? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, typically, I like, so, so uh, if, if we remember back, we talked about the main probiotic is in the family of nutrients called acidophilus. By definition, those are acidophiles, File means to love, uh, and in this term, acidophilus or acidophiles love acid. So I would like to fix the acid first, ideally for 30 to 60 days before I went from upper GI to lower GI. All right. Alex, let me say one more thing. Yeah. Uh, in every time we leave these podcasts, I kick myself halfway down the staircase because I, I always think, Man, I wish I would have told the people one more thing. And I'm a one more thing guy. That's, that's, that's why I come home uh, shot to pieces every night. But one more thing, one more thing. When we have reflux and we have stomach acid, sometimes people will aspirate their stomach acid. And so you'll get a lot of people that get cough, get strangled, this and that. And it irritates the airways when you aspirate your stomach acid. So nothing is a, a system by itself. Everything works together. So that literally has something to do with our topic tonight. All right. I got another one for you, Tim. Um, I struggle getting out of bed in the morning. 
I can wake up before the alarm or when the alarm goes off, but I still lay in bed for an hour or so, sometimes longer than that. I can get up if I have to do something for others, like take my daughter to school or whatever, but I still carry regret and anger throughout the day because again, I don't do what I say I'm gonna do. How many hours of sleep is recommended? And do you have any suggestions on how I can actually get out of bed and feel like starting the day? So uh, is, this, is this a lady or gentleman who's asking this question? Is this what? Uh, uh, a he or a she asking this a question? He, a he. He, okay. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear the whole thing. Okay, so what I would wonder is uh, if this gentleman uh, one, I bet you money, if we do the VO2 max score here, we're going to be kind of low on that scale, which is fine. I was really, I wasn't even on the scale. I couldn't even do the VO2 max test after I had pneumonia and uh, couldn't do anything that I wanted to do because I was bedridden. And so, so frustrated. I'm not a laying bed guy. It drove me crazy that uh, going to the coffee pot and back was my first day out of, uh, out of bed. Uh, drove me nuts. So that's okay. But what we have to do is we have to start somewhere. And so what I would do is I would probably start with Drenaman. I would probably do my VO2 max score and see how low I was. If I was low, I would do the entire list of things. You have to have oxygen. You're like a hot rod car. That's why I ask her he or she, because my ladies don't like for me to make hot rod analogies. But if you're a 68 Chevelle with a dirty air filter and I step on the gas, it, the engine will just bog down. We won't have any get up and go, but you, you can't, we're like car engines. We cannot combust without oxygen. And so I bet you money if we could, this is a perfect thing for this gentleman to, uh, to embrace and, and get his VO2 max score and do every one of those criteria. And I bet you as we get that VO2 max up, that frustration, that list of I can't do's starts to just slide right off the list. And Tim, I think uh, you introduced Drenaman at one of our other podcasts. So the link to that would be on that podcast. That, yes, sir. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes, All right. Um, James, uh, James Adcox, I think I unmuted you. Can you talk? I see your hand is up. And we've got like two minutes, James. I think you've got yourself muted. If you can unmute. I've I hear you, Alex. Yeah, I've unmuted you, James. If you Now, it may have been a mistake. Uh, ah, we've got James. Go ahead, James. Okay. I didn't mean, I wasn't trying to ask a question. I just had my thing in the oh, room. Okay, okay, that's, that's all right. Well, good to have you, James. Thank you, God bless. Although, although let me ask you a question. Since oh, okay, go ahead. Talking about sleep. Now, I started about two months ago that I broke my hip. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I hadn't been sleeping very good ever since I went through surgery. And I've been through, I go through physical therapy now. And, uh, but like this morning, I got up at four o'clock. Went in the living room, got in my chair, stayed there for two hours. I got cold. I went back and got in bed again. And then what long did I sleep? I think you got up at 10. I can get up to 10. Well, I do that as a routine thing. Okay, so we've covered that, James, on one of our podcasts uh, entitled Stress. And when you wake up in the middle of the night, that's from high cortisol. And so Dr. Alex, uh, one of his favorite supplements is uh, ashwagandha because right. ash ashwagandha lowers cortisol and cortisol is what wakes you up in the middle of the night. Now, a little trick here, uh, if we're really getting, uh, if we really, really, really want to get uh, saucy and get a sleep trick, Alex, can I share a sleep trick for James? In one minute, yeah. Okay, so the biggest thing to sleeping better is getting your body temperature to drop two or three degrees on the way to bed. So you can actually lay on the heating pad over your spine while you're watching TV or getting easy for 10, 15 minutes and turn it off. And as your body temperature comes down, 
turn off the action movie, turn off the lights, lay there still. And the drop of body temperature is what precedes the change in uh, brain waves that make you sleep. All right. Your last words, Tim. Uh, so, Alex, I wanted to show something. I guess a picture is worth a thousand words. And so tell me if we can see the yeah. synopsis for I'll put that up there long enough for everybody to take a screenshot. Yeah, now, brother, I would just say that uh, I wish everybody would own every single piece of the conversation tonight because there is nothing you can do to prolong your life more than master your body's oxygen, carbon, di uh, carbon dioxide exchange response. And it's 100 uh, uh, percent. We're able to manipulate it and uh, we're able to better it every week of our life. And if you do that, increase your oxygen by the, the, the things we've talked about and maybe others too, it will benefit your physical lungs and everything related to those. It will increase your lifespan. You'll be healthier and your depression, grief, anxiety, anguish, and all of that will go down, 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 down. So um, thank you so very much, everyone. I hope you have a lovely weekend. And uh, we'll see you next week on Got Pain, and we want to take your pain away. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, thank Laura. You, Appreciate you, everybody. Laura, thank you, dear. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.